listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Chris. And I'm Melody. And we are back to talk all things summer movies. We have a huge episode for you today. You know, we are right in the midst of the summer. So many fantastic movies coming out. So many big movies coming out uh, that we are cramming two of them into this episode. Melody is here. She's back after a long absence. Uh, she is back to review Solo, a Star Wars story with us. And then after that, we, uh, Josh is going to be joining us for our review of Deadpool 2. We got so much to talk about, so let's just dive right into our review of Solo, a Star Wars story. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? And that is from the trailer of Solo, the latest from Disney and the juggernaut that is Star Wars. So guys, it's no secret that here on the Screeners podcast that I went out on a limb, I took a bold step and mm. said Solo would be the number two oh, did you? highest grossing <laughs> oh, no. film of the summer. That's it is big. also no surprise to say that I am not going to be right <laughs> <laughs> you're out of the competition now for sure oh man and so that's a bummer for me and i didn't want to get too deep into the review of solo uh, without at, at least talking a little bit about some of the stuff that's been surrounding solo and the disappointing box office disappointing in as much as the expectations from disney war that this would grow somewhere in the realm of rogue one's opening which would have been in the 130 to 150 million dollar range and we're recording this on Memorial Day, and I believe the domestic gross is actually, including today, is speculated to be somewhere in the low 100 range, and it's doing even worse overseas. So mm. uh, I am curious, before we get into any of, the, any of the review stuff around the movie itself, you guys have any thoughts on maybe why you think it is? Because it used to be the bulletproof releases were Star Wars. It's like you could release a Star Wars and it's going to make bank no matter what. Yeah. So what is it about this one? Anybody have any thoughts on why they think the uh, the box office returns have been so disappointingly low? Yeah, I, I think there's a few reasons. I think Star Wars fatigue is setting in. I think that's a real thing now, unfortunately. I never thought that Star Wars fatigue would be a real thing. But we just had a movie, you know, what, five months ago um, that 
was made an excellent box office, far better than this one. But there were some people who who weren't as big of fans, and so it didn't quite go over as well. I don't think that's the whole story. I think the other thing is this just isn't very interesting. And I think there's I have a lot to say on that when we actually dive into the review. But I don't think a lot of people were clamoring for this movie. I don't think a lot of people were very excited for this movie uh, as much as they are for the the actual um, you know episode seven, eight, and nine that that main story. So that's that's what I think. I don't know what yeah. everybody else thinks. Chris, what do you think? I mean, honestly, I believe it has to do with the fact that people are not huge fans of Star Wars prequels. And I'm not exactly sure why they decide to keep going back to this well. This mm-hmm. is it kind of dives into my review of the film a little bit here. But just, you know, we've already we've already seen the cool bits of this story, and all this is doing is going back in and backfilling. Yeah. that stuff and making it kind of less interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's the unfortunate thing is, is that there's this, some, there's mystique that's been built up around this character and around these characters. And I'm not entirely sure we need to know how Han Solo got his last name. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not exactly sure that that's like a necessary or interesting thing, unfortunately. And so I believe that most people, I don't think we have star Wars fatigue. I really don't. I just think that people aren't really that interested in, in another Star Wars prequel, a, a solo, mm-hmm. they're more interested in what comes next, and that's why I'm really, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little worried and concerned about these prequels we're getting from Marvel because the Ant Man movie is a prequel, and so is you know Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel maybe will do better because it's a new new property, but this whole like you know we've got this big. Uh, momentum going in with the story that everybody's familiar with and when they see this movie it's kind of like putting the brakes on unfortunately and it's not giving us anything interesting that's why i think this movie i genuinely don't think star wars fatigue is set in i just don't think people were that interested in these characters i really don't Hmm. okay melody what about you you have any thoughts on that yeah i mean to me i think Star Wars fatigue is the obvious answer, although clearly don't have superhero fatigue when it comes to the box office because those movies are still making banks. So like Daniel said, I don't think that's the whole reason. I I think Han Solo is like the most beloved character of all time. And I feel like a a Star Wars character, one of them, I'm just saying everyone knows Han Solo. Everyone loves Han Solo. He's an extremely iconic character. And to me, like, I feel like the trailers for this film just didn't get a lot of people excited. I don't know if it was the actor or the way they put together the trailers. But like Chris said, oh, this is a story I already know, but this guy is not Han Solo. So why do I care very much about this movie? Even our friends that, you know, I mean, we have a couple diehard Star Wars friends that were there opening night. But most of our friends that have been excited for the other Star Wars movies and like, let's get a date on the calendar months ahead of time so we can all go together like... Nobody gave a care for this one, and we ended up going to see it by ourselves because it just wasn't on anybody's priority list. So it's interesting. I don't, I think it's partially the actor, I think it's partially the story they tried to tell, and still partially the Star Wars fatigue. I just don't understand how the superheroes keep uh, keep making it happen. Interesting, yeah. So it seems like there's. Yeah, well, it seems like there's a mix there where at least Daniel and Chris, both of you guys attributed some of this to the actual film itself, uh, which I don't think that's the case yet uh, because people haven't seen it yet until this weekend. I do think there's a little bit of Star Wars fatigue, not not in the same sense that we get, you know, two or three superhero movies a year, but in the sense that just six months ago we had the tentpole episode eight and i don't know that after 
the massive backlash from the uh, from the fanboys and girls that they were ready to kind of jump back into this. I mean, there's been a pretty significant hashtag campaign boycott solo so that's been going on for a while, which is really just ridiculous. And it's just the it's just the epitome of internet fanboyism uh, at its worst, which I think is is absolutely ridiculous. I do think one of the major things, and this is just from a very practical standpoint, I don't understand why Disney made the decision and has made the decision, even with episode eight originally and then thankfully backpedaled, to move out of December as yeah. a release. December is owned by Star Wars and I am I am a hundred percent convinced take the quality of the, the film completely out of the picture if this movie releases in December of this year it makes a lot more money than it does now because there's no significant competition right now it's coming out in the shadow of Infinity War Deadpool 2 Incredibles 2 is coming up and Jurassic World is coming up and it and there are just lots of other options so I think that was just a straight tactical mistake by Disney yeah and this um, this is Star Wars light too. You know what I mean? Like this is right. not. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so I, I do, however, agree with the with the concept that people are not necessarily interested in getting the backstories of these characters. Even though Solo is beloved, I agree with you, Melody. You don't have any Jedi in this movie mm-hmm. necessarily, and that's what people really, really love. I think it's just a combination of a lot of those things. But there is no doubt that I think this is going to cause Kathleen Kennedy and all of the the heads over there to uh, to maybe course correct whatever that looks like or to at least have a conversation about what this means going forward because this isn't just a little bit lower than expectations it's a lot lower i've seen some charts that are projecting that it may not make 400 million dollars worldwide which that would be unbelievable because rogue one made over a billion yeah with that yeah absolutely no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, the, the, the box office aside, though, and we're about to get into our reviews. I just feel like Star Wars Light doesn't work very well in the summer. I think you're right. If you're going to release a Star Wars film, it needs to be either in December or the December. mainline Star Wars film in the summer might work. But I just feel like again, like this is just a uh, a step down from the momentum that is building with that mainline Star Wars, the, the mainline episode marked films. It just seems yeah, a little I silly. Agree. I think that if I agree, I do think December will work far better. But I I also agree that I think had Episode Eight been released in the summer, it would have done a lot better than this because there's still that need to find out what happens next. There is no need with that for star- for Solo. I know exactly how Solo ended Agreed. before it started. Agreed. But I, I think it would have I think episode eight in the summer would have done better than Solo, but I don't think it would have done better than what it did. Sure. In are we talking about episode I, nine I, I, or are we talking I, about I'm, the Force Awakens? I'm, I'm confused. We're talking about Last Jedi. I'm Last sorry. Jedi. Okay. Last Jedi. Yeah, Last Jedi. Episode eight. No, it's okay. So I just anyway. want to make sure I'm I just want to make sure I'm following out. No, you're right. It's, it's seven, eight, and eight is uh, Last Jedi nine. Is I mean, because because now. now we're looking at the next Star Wars, the next major Star Wars release is Episode nine, which yes. is a year, a year and a half, it, a year and a half away. So I just don't understand the. I just think it was one of the major Hollywood blunders of all time to put this movie in the middle of of the summer. I, so anyway, I, I fully agree with you. I think there has not been enough time. And again, like you were saying too, like this backlash of the last film is 
just not helpful for it as far as a no. marketing standpoint goes. That's true. All right. Well, that was interesting, guys, because this, this is this is something that uh, is very unexpected, and I'm very disappointed about that. In my list. Got, <laughs> I'm holding out hope that Jurassic World will crash even worse. Although I'm not feeling good about that about uh. that pick. Uh, the IMDb description of Solo: A Star Wars Story is as follows: uh, During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the rebellion. So, guys, spoilers. It's no, it's no secret that this movie has had a troubled production. We had Lord and Miller who were fired in the middle of mm. making this. Uh, it's now been reported that uh, Ron Howard directed or reshot approximately 70% of the film, so he's the sole credited director, and Lord and Miller are executive producer. And at the central character here playing Han Solo is someone who has the impossible task. It's Alden Ehrenreich, I believe that's right, who, who kind of broke into the scene in uh, Hail Caesar, which I thought he was great in Hail Caesar. Let's just do this. Let's Let's go around and give our general thoughts and impressions about Solo. We'll talk about some of the performances and things, and then we'll jump into spoilers. So with that said, I have no idea what any of you guys uh, think about this movie. We haven't talked about it. So let's do this. Let's start with Melody. Melody, we haven't had you on in, in a few shows, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Solo. All right. Well, I was excited to come back on to be able to talk about this movie for a few minutes with you guys. I I was not excited to see it. I like I said before, like I love Han Solo, but I wasn't really buying this as him and I just didn't really think that I cared too much about the story, so I was not excited. So my low expectations might play a part in what I'm about to say. But you guys, I really liked this movie. I really uh, thought it was great. I really had a fun time. I know that I am the minority opinion, but I just really thought it was fun. Star Wars, it was just fun. Made me happy. I actually bought this guy as Han Solo. Not maybe, maybe a fourth of the way into the movie, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with this. I'm just going to enjoy it. I liked the story that they told. I didn't feel like it was like pandering to the fans to show all the things that everyone already knows happened. Like, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed seeing them. I thought like the just fun heist story that was contained was interesting and enjoyable. And I liked all the characters with a couple, you know, minor things that were annoying or that I didn't like that we could talk about later. But overall, <laughs> I, I maybe it was because I was expecting to hate it, but I I really enjoyed this movie. So there you have it. There you go, Melody. Bringing the positivity back to the screeners. (laughs) We've needed it. That is good. Don't you apologize for loving something. Don't fall prey to the terrible internet trolls that don't like people because they like The Less Jedi. Yeah, well, wait till you hear from my husband. Oh, well, okay, so that's interesting. So that's a good segue because wow. Chris yeah. Chris really likes everything. He's the yep. lover so this, of loving things. He's yeah. the lover of loving things, and I this am. movie sets up just exactly in his sweet spot. It's action. It's fun. We've it's heard true. people describe it as popcorn, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So, Chris, yes. tell us how much you agree with Melody, <laughs> or do you disagree with Melody? I think Melody and I had a fight about this movie on the way back from the theater um, because we sort of – Obviously, we dove into it a little bit. You know, honestly, I thought this movie was fine. I I don't think it, it and I said it in our pre-review when we were talking about, you know, this, the Star Wars, the state of Star Wars as a whole. But I just, 
this felt like Star Wars light to me for the very first time. I was worried that Rogue One was going to do that, and I felt like Rogue One did its own thing. It it created a space in Star Wars that I really enjoyed. Tonally, it, it felt like its own different thing. Even though it was a quote-unquote prequel, it felt like it was completely different and its own its own deal. And so for me, Solo just feels... It just feels like it's trying to check all of the boxes, I told Melody. Like, I feel like, you know, in a two-hour film or however long this movie was, they had to show these certain things, and they had to find out how to knock those dominoes down in a sequence. And I just didn't feel like it was as satisfying as it should have been uh, to see these moments of him seeing Lando Calrissian for the very first time and him how does the Kessel Run work because that doesn't make any sense because it's a distance thing and whatever it was it all of that was just I didn't feel like it just lived up to the promise that we had built up in our minds and perhaps that's my fault for expecting maybe more out of a Star Wars film that it would be a little bit more clever perhaps um not give us exactly what we wanted do something a little bit different but this i just felt like it followed the formula <laughs> that's what i felt like this was is a very formulaic uh, paint by numbers approach of, of the star wars universe and giving us these characters there nothing was i would say actively bad in this movie at all in fact there was enjoyable moments. It is very fun. Uh, it is very light. I would say that the the droid, what is it, L seven or what is it, L three, L three thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. That that she was delightful. I liked that. I, I, I enjoyed her uh, in this. Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian <clears throat> was really spectacular. I almost wish we would have been following him more. But I just I, I just felt like unfortunately they did not do. What I was hoping they would do, which is if they're going to tell this story, they do it in a more interesting kind of put it, turn it up on its ear, unexpected way. And in, in, instead, they just gave us a very by the numbers film with a few twists at the very end that I thought were pretty cheap. So that's just my my feeling of the film. Uh, it was OK. It was fine. It's good. Go see it. It's it, it's silly. But at the end of the day, it doesn't rise to the level of what I think a Star Wars quote unquote film should be, which is a little bit more clever, I guess. So there it is. Bring in the negativity back. Pulling <laughs> us back down to planet Earth. Hashtag Josh Ziegler. Yeah. I literally told him he sounded things. like Josh on the way home. She no was offense, so Josh. mad. So <laughs> mad. A couple of twists at the end that are cheap. All right. I look they forward are, to unpacking they, they are what cheap. that means to you when we get into spoilers. Okay, Daniel. So Melody Melody was uh, was happy about this. Chris was negative. Where do you fall on the spectrum between Melody and Chris as it relates to Solo? Certainly closer to Chris than Melody uh, on this this one but maybe mm. maybe a smidge more positive i i think i made my opinion clear when we were talking earlier i i just th- when they announced the solo movie uh, I was I was excited because Phil Phil Lord and Chris Miller are two of the best directors working today, and so that excited me. But the the, the movie itself, the idea of a Han Solo movie, didn't didn't grab me at all. And obviously, Lord and Miller are no longer on the project, so 
I was not super interested in this movie. I, I have zero questions about Solo's backstory before the movie begins, and we've already had four movies with him. The movie didn't change my attitude at all. This, this movie, as a Star Wars film, strictly speaking as a Star Wars film, is completely unnecessary. It answers questions we don't need answered. It removes mystery. It has classic prequel issues where things just don't quite make sense because it's a prequel. And uh, so uh, all, for all of those reasons, I was disappointed with the movie. Now, not speaking as a Star Wars movie, just speaking as a movie itself, it is. It's perfectly fun. It is fun. It is, it's enjoyable and it's light. And there's, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with this movie. Chad, uh, Chris said that exactly. There's nothing that, that I can point to that it's sp- that's really terrible in this movie. The cast is is pretty good. They work pretty well together. I think Woody Harrelson as Beckett was was a nice addition. He's always great in whatever he does. Alden Ironreich did did pretty well. I don't think he always feels like Han Solo, but I think he he did probably as good as anybody could do in this role. Donald Glover is fantastic. So I love the cast. The story is forgettable completely forgettable but the action is decent so it's 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 fun it's light if this wasn't a star wars movie i would say yeah sure you know it's good you should see it but as a star wars movie uh, we have high standards and it just it just does not live up to them and and furthermore it it makes me less excited for the next star wars spinoff whatever that ends up being if it's about a character that we don't have questions about please don't make a kenobi movie please don't make whatever whatever other movie you, you, they're planning uh, because it just removes the mystery from these characters it removes it answers questions we don't need answered and so that's what solo did as a story as a star wars movie it's a, it's totally unnecessary but as a movie on its own it's perfectly fun and perfectly light and nothing more wow bring in the negativity <laughs> You're like a little bit closer to Chris, but maybe more positive, except I will now tell you how this movie is terrible. (laughs) There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, Melody, it seems like you picked a good one to to, uh, rejoin the podcast here. So I went into this movie very much just like you, you two, not excited to see it at all, not necessarily interested in... The idea of how Solo became Solo, etc. But still trying to have an open mind and give it a shot. And I actually have seen this movie twice. I was on a, wow. I was on a, I was on a work trip uh, when I first saw it on opening night. I was in Orlando actually and saw it at Disney Springs, and it was packed. I mean, absolutely packed. And then I got home over the weekend, and a friend of mine, we had already planned to see it, and so uh, I went and saw it uh, with him today. So. I would say, uh, you know, the first time I saw it, I, I certainly agree with Chris. I, I thought this is this is fine. This is this is this is okay. I liked it. I'm gonna have to be honest though. After seeing it a second time, I didn't like it. Mm. I loved it. Yes. Okay? I didn't like it. I loved it. <laughs> I have come full circle on this movie, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna get up on my soapbox here for a minute, and then I'll get off as quickly as I can. I have heard so many people, and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade here on my, my fellow screeners because I love you guys, but I've heard a lot of people say something close to the following. Man, there were so many good things in this movie. I liked it. It was fun. It had this. It had that. It had this but. And I would just like to tell everybody to take their butts and go home because... <laughs> 
allow yourself to like things. And I'm not saying this to you two guys, right? Because I know you're getting ready to fire back at me. But I have seen so many people that are that come into this movie with so much baggage that they literally cannot allow themselves to take this movie for what it is and to enjoy it for what it is doing. I think from a plot perspective, this movie is certainly simple, but it is way clearer than a lot of other extremely convoluted plots that we get in the Star Wars universe. I think the action in this movie is great. I think it is really well constructed. There's a train sequence on here that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's an escape from a spice mine kind of thing, and I'm keeping this general. I'm not giving any spoilers. The set piece there, that is fantastic. You know, I've heard a lot of people complain about Ron Howard as a journeyman. This camera is flying all over the place in this movie, and there are some really breathtaking shots, some really fantastic sequences that I loved. I mean, just really enjoyed what was happening through the through the action and through the development of the characters within the action. I also like the fact that we do get to meet uh, a plethora of different characters. Now, we don't get to spend a lot of time with all of them because we've got different factions and teams that kind of develop over the course of the movie, but I really enjoyed meeting a lot of these characters and very quickly developed feelings for them, emotionally connecting with them and laughing at them. Uh, you, you know, we've mentioned them specifically. Chris mentioned L3, who is a, a droid, who's the companion of Lando, who is is absolutely fantastic. There's another creature that we don't spend a lot of time with. His name is Rio, who's voiced by John Favreau, who's part of Beckett's crew when we first meet them, who I love. He's super mm-hmm. charming and funny and, 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 and well-rendered. I love spending time with those characters. Uh, but the one thing for me that I really thought was going to be the most difficult thing for me to get over was absolutely the the Alden uh, Ironreich's version of Solo. And very much like Melody, after the first maybe 15 minutes or so, I just found myself not thinking about that anymore. And I think the major difference we have here and why it worked for me is that with Lando, with Donald Glover playing Lando, he is literally doing an impersonation of Billy D. Williams and doing a great one. But even the affect- affectation of his voice, his mannerisms, all that. I don't think I don't think uh, Ironreich is doing that at all. I think there are little physical mannerisms and some of the cadences of his kind of smart aleck retorts where he's sort of mimicking Harrison Ford but I think overall he's just kind of doing his thing and trying to embody the spirit of the character and for me it totally worked I think this movie is funny I think there were and and on my second viewing today multiple multiple laugh out loud lines that the crowd totally was into I think it's funny I think it's well put together I think it's easy to follow I I enjoyed this unlike Rogue One which I do like and have seen multiple times there was a detached kind of coldness that I got from Rogue One I appreciated it but I didn't love it and this movie I I have more I had more of an emotional response and reaction to this than I did Rogue One and it's not even close. And the main reason, because I'd really tried to figure out why is it that on my second viewing did I really, really just turn the corner and love this movie. And this is the, the center of it for me is I think that the way that they portray the foundational relationship between Chewie and Han mm-hmm. is beautifully rendered in this movie. And it really stuck out to me the second time, just the little moments that happen from time to time, like... 
and again, this is not a spoiler, but there's there's a moment in this where where Chewbacca, in the middle of of a, of a crazy action scene, where Chewbacca reaches over and rubs Han's hair. It's beautiful. There's a moment where Han tells him to trust him after an escape. There's a moment where where Chewbacca m- uh, makes a decision related to to Han that we'll talk about in spoilers that I think is just beautiful. And at the core of this movie, there are themes, of course, that can be explored: themes of family, themes of abandonment, themes of trust, and all these little things that are seeded into what Han will become in in the future that we all know. But I thought it was just lovely how they how they put together the foundation for the relationship between Han and Chewie, and it was moving to me the second time. So much so. Now, I've got some problems with it. It's not a perfect movie. I would have loved to see more character development, specifically with Han's character and how he became what he is to become. Although, I think, when we get into spoilers, we'll talk about it, I think that would come in a sequel that'll probably never happen. But I think that overall, when I just stand back and I look at this movie, I think it's more than just a throwaway popcorn piece of entertainment. I think that a lot of people have so much baggage watching this and their expectations weigh them down on what they want a quote-unquote Star Wars movie to be, or they're still jaded about The Last Jedi, or for whatever reason, they already come in predisposed to wanting this to be something that it's not. And I was just, for whatever reason, able to to shake that off, in particular this second time around. And I'm, I'm full circle, guys. I really love this movie a lot. And I'm not ashamed to say it. To all the internet, so come at me, bro. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so, so Chad is saying, you know, he, he picked Solo as his number two film. So he's saying that everybody who's seen it once and didn't like it should go see it again. Now that is the subtext. So, <laughs> so that we perhaps so we can move that sucker, that needle, just a little bit closer. So we need all the help you can get. I didn't disagree with much of what you said. Um, the, the only no, I didn't I dis- either. The only thing I disagree with, though, is is the complaint of having so much baggage. But this is, what, the 10th Star Wars movie, is it? Or 11th? This is a movie literally about a character yeah. we've had in four other movies. It's impossible right. to separate it from baggage. They That's created exactly right. the baggage. They're, they're inviting that. They're inviting it. That's they're what saying, they you want know, us to do. You, you this know this an, character. If this was an original, like a, a new Star Wars film with original characters or something, I might, I might understand that perspective a little bit more because it's still in the universe, but new characters. That's not what this is. This is literally adding baggage to a character that we've known and loved for 40 years uh the, as a not I'm not 40 but as a you know as a character he's been in in our pop culture for all this time so I, yeah. I I don't think that's a that's a fair thing to ask of people to leave your your baggage and your preconceptions at the door cuz that's literally what it is it's a it's, it's a movie not, about it's preconceptions not, it's not the baggage related to the character and and the fact that we love him and that we've had this history it's the baggage that people bring into this because they they already there was already before this movie was released there was already tons of negativity sure. around this film about how it was not going to be any good and, that's and this guy could never leave never could live up to Harrison Ford and i can't believe they picked this guy sure. and blah 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 well, blah blah all blah. that yeah, I mean, all my goodness, true. we've had yeah, 20 yeah. year we've had 20 years of marvel films or 15 years of whatever it is 12 to 15 years of marvel films and we've had iron man in 15 of those sure. and people are still just as invested in infinity war as they were the first one there's a different con- when i say baggage there is to me and it really reared its head i think clearly after episode eight the last jedi 
there's clearly a, a faction of the general public that wants their Star Wars to be a certain way, and it's their wish fulfillment, and if it's not that way, it's immediately dismissed, and then they take their toys and go home, and I think there was a big spillover into this movie, and I think people that are even watching it, are wa- a lot of people are watching it through that lens of, I'm not going to like this, make me like you. Sure. And I just don't think that's a fair way to watch a movie. I agree, so. because you're right, and that sort of baggage is stupid. It's a movie, people, relax. But but I also think it's fair to to still critique the the what it does to Han as a character in terms of just answering questions that we don't need to be asked, you know, and and just just all these things I think are still fair complaints. I don't think it's I think it's unfair to say I want my Star Wars a certain way and just you know boycott a movie because I was mad at the Last Jedi. I I agree, but I don't think it's a dumb thing to complain about a, a movie feeling unnecessary and giving me me feeling that I have that it's given nothing new to this character. And I and I don't have any problem with that. My thing is I'm not necessarily and this is just me as a as an individual. I'm less concerned with is a movie necessary because I already know what's going to happen if said movie takes me on an adventure or a story or is as a self-contained work thrills me or moves me in some way and I think that this one did now when they don't then those problems immediately rise to the surface but for me it's just one of those things where I I just really enjoyed this movie so much that I'm not as concerned with I know what happens to him 20 years down the road I just enjoyed the journey and meeting these characters along the way that's fair well you know that I completely agree obviously and that's exactly what I said to Chris on the way home was like you can't tell me, you you say you don't like this movie, you say that it's fine, but you can't tell me anything that was wrong about it or that wasn't good about it. It just, it wasn't enough. Like, that's what I feel like the complaint is, like, the baggage that you're talking about is, like, this unsatiated need for, like, the, everything to top the last thing. And I need more, con- I need more amazing plot lines or more amazing, vi- amazing visuals or whatever. And, like, the thing I loved about this movie was that it was just... It was small enough to be sweet and fun and funny, and it wasn't trying to necessarily top anything. It was just telling a story about characters that we all love. I completely agree with what you're saying about Chewie. That was definitely, you know, the relationship between them was definitely the best part of the movie. And I laughed a lot. Chris was like, did you laugh in this movie? And I was like, yes, I laughed like a bunch of times. I just thought it was, I just thought it was great. I don't feel the need for everything to just be the... To, to top the last thing. I just like the story that this told. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be epic. And I'm not saying that's your criticism, guys. I'm just saying that I, right. it feels to me like everything has to be epic in the next great thing. I just loved being with these characters and i'll be honest with you i i was excited when it left and we'll talk specifically about some of the things that happened in this but when this movie ended i was excited to see another movie with these characters that's probably not going to happen but i sure was excited about about what could be so anything else uh, we haven't mentioned specifically uh, amelia clark is kira any any thoughts on her and that relationship with with han and and how she did in this star wars role I think she was great as a as an actress and as a new character. Uh, I have some some minor issues that I, I'll, I'll address in spoilers in terms of some of the specific scenes. But I think as an actress, I think the whole cast was great. I think she was great. That like I said, Woody Harrelson was great. So um, 
um, yeah, I really liked the new cast here. And Chad, you mentioned the cinematography. Um, I, I forgot to mention that in my initial uh, review too. This cinematography is fantastic. This is really yep. well shot. I think uh, Bradford Young is one of the best cinematographers working today. Um, it, it, this had some beautiful imagery that really made it look distinct from the other Star Wars movies in a really positive way for me. Yeah, and Bradford Young did uh, he did Selma mm-hmm. and what else did he do? I don't have his page open in front of me, but he's done two or three things, and they're all they're all just just really great. So, uh, but before we go into spoilers and before we give recommendations too, I, there has been a lot of talk and this kind of dovetails a little bit into the whole spinoff thing there's been a lot of talk about donald glover's performances lando and how he deserves his own spinoff and that's i believe that's already been confirmed is happening and i'm going to be honest with you i really am not excited about that movie it has nothing Same. to do with donald glover because i love donald glover but i am curious did you guys because here's my here's my hashtag unpopular opinion is i didn't think he stole every scene that he was in i didn't think he was this transcendent thing that most people have said he's the main reason to see the movie i didn't get that vibe i thought he was great i thought he did a spot on billy d williams and i enjoyed what he did i love the style and all that it doesn't make me excited to see a Lando movie. What about what about you guys? Are you on the train that that it was that good? No, I'm I'm with you 100%. I think a lot of that is just uh, Donald Glover is having the the time of his life right now with all the projects he's got going. This is America's one of the greatest pieces of art I've seen in the last decade. So uh, I think p- there's a lot of goodwill going towards him, which is deserved. Deserved, but, sure. um, but he, absolutely not. I don't think he, I think he was great, but I don't think he was like a scene stealer by any means. Chris, what about you? Are you pumped about a Lando spinoff? No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't. Stop doing this. Stop it. I, I'm, I, I really, I, I'm finished with this prequel stuff. Let's try and give you... Uh, some backstory into characters you love. There, there's a reason why we're, they're making other films outside of the mainline Star Wars films, and I don't think that this is this is a good a good mm-hmm. use of those. I wish they I would agree. do other things. There's a yeah. whole so the answer, explore it. exactly. The answer to, to 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 that question is both to Solo and to Lando and to um, even Boba Fett is. Why? Why? Yeah, dude. Yes. Why, why the not Boba, do the Boba Fett thing? Is the worst idea I've ever heard. And the thing is, James Mangold, I'm in. Whatever he's doing, I'm right. in. I know. I agree but with you. Put him on something else. Right. Don't, don't waste it on this. And that 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 is my entire point. And and what another thing too, I think may maybe even taint my feeling of this movie is that I felt like in some scenes I I could almost feel lord miller's hands on uh and they were trying to do silly you know more light-hearted stuff and i can just I, I could see that wanting to bleed through and it just never did and i felt like that was the thing that was most disappointing here is that this really just played it safe for me un- unfortunately that's the way i felt like the entire movie came across to me and i just wish they would take some more risks with the star wars stories uh do things that are not familiar go places we've not been before yeah give me interesting things that of course i can be like oh okay i get it i get i get how that fits so well into the to the universe of star wars and i love seeing that without feeling like they have to be holding to this past or even present of the Star Wars universe. They can do stories that have very little to do with the characters that we're familiar with in the Star Wars and in the, in the Skywalker family. So that's my feeling on these things. I wish they would just be a little bit more unique. 
Yeah, and I yeah. don't think the I don't think it's the movie necessarily was playing it so safe. Not that it not that it challenged anything, but I think it's just the idea itself. A Han Solo movie in and of itself is is playing right. it safe yes. because they're not yes. picking these new characters, giving us something new. They're just oh, we know people like Solo. Great movie. You know, it's just it's just so boring. And philosophically, I agree with both of what you say, but I don't think either of you are giving this movie enough credit because I don't think it's just as simple as solo, go, boring, because this movie was okay, a but, lot of things. Uh, boring on, is not one of them. Where I'm at right now is not okay we're crossing streams here because what you're asking me was am i excited about a lando movie i just feel like that i'm done solo can be it i feel like if they move on from that i will be very very happy i did not I hate this movie be very happy then <laughs> i know i did not no well they have already confirmed boba fett's happening with um, the same director as logan so like yeah. and, and you just said that but i'm, I'm, what, I'm what i'm saying is is that this movie was fine. It was re- it was well done. It was well made, well crafted. There's nothing bad at all about this movie. I, I did not say that. I will not say that. But what I am saying is that I think that these films could be a little bit more uh, risky, uh, do a little bit different things that people would be excited about. And if they do that, I would be infinitely more interested than seeing a Lando movie. Okay, that's fair. So let's go around and let's get everyone's opinions on whether people should see this in the theater, if they should stream it, if they should rent it or skip it. So Melody, let's start with you. Is this movie theater worthy? Well, I'm sick of hearing people crap on this movie. So if you're just going to be negative, then no, don't go see it. But yes, you should see it because it's great. That's right, Mel. You bring the thunder. What? You correct America. I oh don't like it. Oh my gosh! Wow. If you go see this movie and you have an opinion other than my own, <laughs> that's right. I just courage, the courage the to speak truth. Crappage is what's bothering me. Yes, go see the movie in the theater. It's a blast. You'll laugh. It'll make you happy, even if you don't admit it. That's right. All right, Chris. You and your cold dead heart. What? Should they see it in the theater or yeah. what? Yes, go see this movie in the theater. It's fun. It is. It's a fun, silly ride. I, but with a caveat, this does nothing that you're not expecting. There it is. That's okay, Daniel. What do you think? Yeah, you should go see it in the theater. Uh, there's, there's. Even though we're in the middle of the summer, there's not a ton of other great things out in theaters right now. The the next thing coming out in theaters, the next big release this weekend is Action Point, that stupid jackass movie. So Solo is going to be infinitely better than that. So uh, sure, absolutely, go see this in theaters. It's good. It's light. It's not. You're not going to leave angry. You might leave a little underwhelmed, but it's still a solidly great, solidly good movie. I was whelmed. That's a good way of putting it. I, I was whelmed. Yeah. And so I would just say that this movie is 100% theater worthy and ignore the two negative Nancys over here. This movie is more than just good. It's great. You will love it. Ooh, it's it great. It's exciting. It's great. It's legitimately great. I said it and I mean it and I stand by it. So wow. go to the theater. You will not be disappointed. And with that, let's jump into spoilers for Solo. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. 
And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, guys, so now this is your last warning. Full spoilers are ahead, so if you don't want to be spoiled in anything solo, then stop listening now and come back after you have seen it in the theater, which you should do because it's really good. All right, so <laughs> uh, this opens real quick. I do want to I do want to talk very briefly about the, the opening and, and kind of the premise that puts this whole thing in motion, which is that uh, Han and Kira are these slaved on this planet where they're having to work for Lady Proxima, who's this big worm creature, and it ends up with a big chase and they get off the planet with the whole idea that they're going to escape and she gets captured. That sends Han off uh, to to be a pilot for the Empire. That's then where he meets Woody Harrelson's character, Beckett, and, and ends up on that team. So uh, one of the things watching this movie the second time for me that I really noticed is that that setup for me, I think, is great. Oh, it's I love wonderful. Lady Proxima. I love yes. the whole thing. Yes. Uh, how they got off the planet and all the way up to meeting Beckett's uh, team for the first time, I thought... This was really, really good. I, I, I was not ex- completely clear on, and, and maybe it's just me as being a nerd. Like, I want to know more about, like, so not everybody is a stormtrooper. These people, it felt very like World War Two to me, right? You know, come on, trooper. You know, your empire needs you. That entire sequence to me felt really odd. But yeah. everything up until, everything until they get separated, I thought was excellent. Like, that setup was yeah. really great. It was yeah. really, and, really great. I, and we I, haven't talked about this, but I, I want to give a shout out to the creature design in this movie. Yes. Everything feels weighty and practical and, and real. So yeah. I, no, I, I agree. really dug that. Uh, so there's one scene we have to talk about, obviously, as we go through, and that is the scene where Han and Chewie meet for the first time. He is captured. Han is captured. He tries to blackmail Beckett, and Beckett actually flips the script on him, and he gets thrown into the cage of the beast, and then the two soldiers say he hasn't been fed in three days he's going to rip him apart and then lo and behold we get the reveal that it's Chewbacca I thought that was fantastic I thought it was funny and charming and really cool to see them meet that way I, I had a question just in terms of I don't do you guys know like Star Wars lore and stuff more than me like I never read any of the books or any of that crap did you guys I don't okay well just a passing just a passing knowledge of, of some things it depends Okay, well, is, even yeah. even just talking about the movie. So so it seemed like Wookiees were viewed as like these, you know, monsters, which but they, they never have in any of the other movies, including the prequels, where they are like partners with the Jedi. And obviously, the Jedi were killed on that on their planet or whatever in, in Revenge of the Sith. But like, it, I, I didn't understand where that came from. Like, they they're not they haven't been viewed as monsters this whole time so that was a little weird for me even though the scene itself was great it was charming and, and fantastic i believe now the nerds might come after me but i believe it was because they like were a haven for the re- or the the rebellious mm. jedi or whatever Could and be. that is the reason why they were all s- sold off into slavery or uh, or killed or whatever so um i think that is the reason why is because they they've been scattered throughout the galaxy because of their willingness to help the Jedi. I believe that okay. is correct. 
I loved that scene. I loved how it played out and how they're already. He actually speaks Chewbacca's language. Wookie right. was hilarious. My audience laughed. Just, just I thought that was great. And so then that leads us to the train high sequence, which I think from a set piece standpoint was really great. I enjoyed that very much. So we then, you know, fast forward, lots of things, action, action, action. We meet Lando. We get the ship. We're going to the spice mine. We meet L3. I loved L3. I loved that take on the character. Just in general, I thought the construction of the escape from the spice mine was was pretty good. I, I thought all that was 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 really well done. I, I think that may be one of the highlights for me. Actually, it was you know L three running through like screaming like you're free, you yeah. know without without any kind of thought as to what it really means. You know what right. I mean? That she didn't like organize or like think that she just started a a rebellion of droids, which was. It was it was it was it was enjoyable. It was kind of funny yep. and and uh, also you know meaningful at the same time. I yep. felt yep. like I felt like you were like groaning in annoyance at that scene though, Chris. Like you you literally audibly groaned at one point when the droids were running around that room. And uh, meanwhile, I'm just thinking like I love this movie. Like between <laughs> yep. the meeting Chewie and then the train sequence I, and then that, hang, I was just on. like. So I happy. all over the, the I did consoles. Not, was great. I did not groan. What are you talking <laughs> about, woman? Okay, well, I'm gonna go with Tina. Don't, don't don't tell me how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just oh saying gosh. that up to this point, every scene that I've mentioned, Daniel and Chris have said, "Yeah, it was great." So I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it at that. Exactly. So now, <laughs> thank you, Chad. I, I, you're hitting the highlight. What are you? Th- you're hitting the best parts of the right. movie. That is <laughs> no. the movie. That's literally this, this what happens. Point the for point. No, it's, it's not the, the movie. It, so, so then oh, wow, yeah, I, have I have another. Wow. What, what scene did you not like? When, uh, when Kira. When Solo is going to meet, uh, see, I don't remember like most of the characters' names in this movie because I just didn't remember it. But when they're going to meet in, uh, Paul Bettany's character and Kira's, it's Dryden there. Voss, Dryden Voss, whatever the heck. So <laughs> no, dude, don't whatever the heck. His performance was pretty great. It was his performance was great. Uh, exactly. Uh, that's another great yeah. check mark for Daniel. Okay, Thank but, you. Please but when Kira shows <laughs> up, when Kira shows up. It's just kind of like a, you know, this is the the woman he he got separated from, the love of his life, and yep. and he, every he, everything he wants to do is to get back to his planet to find her and reunite with her. It's this, it's the whole motivation for this first half of this movie, and then it's just kind of like, oh hey Kira, oh cool, hey how's it going? And there, that's about it. There's like no, there's yeah, no yeah, but he's passion. already warned. He's been warned how he can act, and it's a huge a great, consequence, man. There's no. a, right. There's a great a great moment there that you probably passed the first time, but when he first turns around, he takes his hands and he puts them on on both sides of her face and pulls her close, and she stops him and they, she looks to the side and you see these two guards walk by and she pushes him back and he looks at her with that look of understanding. So I do think it's clear that he knows he can't he can't act that way. Yeah, but then it's he never a, does. Like he just it's just kind of like. Because you, of the tension. It's been stupid. years since they've seen each other. He years. doesn't know like how, what her feelings are or what she's lived through. Like if you hadn't seen someone Guys. for three years and he literally like abandoned her, he it I feel like I feel like all of that was very genuine and real. And, and like, how you been constantly happened. warned not to that he doesn't know her and doesn't know what she's done, yep. and it still doesn't stop him. Do I need to remind you of the closet scene on the Millennium Falcon? They couldn't hold it back anymore, 
right? They he literally they jump into each other's arms. They're all mm-hmm. over each other the whole okay. time. But is it not a huge coincidence to you that that happened? Yep. Is, does that not seem just slightly like lazy writing? Like I'm I'm searching the galaxy. I'm going to go back and get her. Oh, oh hey. you're on the ship. Oh, he. Yep. He wasn't cool. searching the galaxy. He knew where she was. Come on, you gotta have scouring, a movie at some scouring point. Scouring the galaxy, scouring. The, he's go, he's go, he's he's doing his whatever he can to get back. I'm just saying, it, it just so felt easy. like so it just felt easy. Listen, it just felt guys, a little sloppy. Hey, hey, people at home, what you're hearing now is Chris <laughs> and Daniel realizing that this movie is really great, and they're <laughs> no, having to reverse no, engineer no, their hatred. No way, man. No, 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 no. That yep. is not true or accurate at all. This is hilarious. What you're doing is, is you're, you're putting up the best action moments in this movie. No, We're agreeing with you. this movie is essentially a bunch of action moments. I think so. we've all... Oh, oh, yeah, okay, all right. So all all summer movies are that way, a bunch of action. So next time we see a movie you don't like, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the, okay. the action bits. It's okay <laughs> that say, you don't like it. I just don't understand it. This is kind of... I do I like it. I, I do like don't. this movie. I don't think it's okay at all. I agree. Thanks, Melody. <laughs> Thank you. Which now, so we get the Spice Mine sequence, which we've all universally agreed is great. And that's the moment <laughs> where, when they're breaking out and, uh-huh. and this, this was a beautiful moment where, you know, I, I mentioned earlier where Chewbacca reaches over and rubs Han's head. I hated that. As No, you didn't. As, we're, as they're coming up. <laughs> and then at the end, Chewbacca has freed his tribe. And they have this moment where he touches heads with his tribe and makes the decision to stay with Han. It's just awesome. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Which then leads us into the Kessel Run, which we've heard about in Star Wars lore forever. So um, at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the movie, when they're just about to escape uh, and get separated for the very, or after they got separated, actually, and Han, you know, he doesn't have an ID card, and he's like, yeah, yeah, my first name's Han. And he's like, oh, what's your last name? And he's like, Oh, I don't have one. And he looks around. He's by himself, and the guy's like, "Solo." You, you thought that was clever? No, that's the worst part of the movie. By <laughs> Good. Yes. Now he doesn't. Good. He doesn't say I, I don't I'm have sorry, anyone. I'm, he I, says who's the writing's a little better than that. And we should say this was written much. by Lawrence Kasdan and his son, who wrote Empire. But he they he says. Who, who is your tribe? Who is your people? And it has a Spielberg push in on his face as he kind of looks forlorn. Who are my people? We don't know. And he says, I have, he says, I have no people. So he doesn't say I don't have a last name. He says, I have no people. And then that's when he says solo. It's still the worst part of the movie for sure. That was that was ridiculous. Okay, so now we agree that this is a, a bad movie. That this there's <laughs> we agree really that there moments. there are twenty seconds of bad writing. Oh, in this okay, movie, all right, sweet. Okay, so for me, the Kessel Run was. I mean, it was okay. Like as yeah. an action sequence, there was nothing special about it. I, I didn't think it was a great action scene. I thought the train sequence was great. I thought the spice thing was great. I didn't think the Kessel Run was great. I thought it was fine. Uh, but but as this is something we have talked about for decades. You know, he he made the Kessel Run in however many parsecs. So I don't know. I don't know what I had built up in my mind, but and and that's 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 Star Wars's fault. It's not my fault for building up something in my mind. George Lucas did that for me. He wanted it to be some mysterious, amazing thing that Han Solo did, and this was just this was just lame to me. This this was not something that people would talk about and and make a legend out of. This was just kind of oh okay. He made it out of the storm. So that happens. They get to the beach now. They have the confrontation with the Marauders, who we find out are actually the beginning of the rebellion. This is where uh, Bennett 
and and Han have their plan to help the Marauders, or so we think, and then it turns out that Bennett double crosses Han, which again seeds the character of Han Solo to never trust anybody, only you know trust yourself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, uh, another question. Uh, yeah, were we supposed to know who that that the girl who took off, you know, the leader of the Marauders? They like did like a, some push in, like this was a character we knew. Like, were we supposed to know who this was, or just be surprised that it's a girl? Like, I it was it was very weird. I to was me. wondering if it was somebody from books or games or something that we were supposed to know. I thought that was a totally mishandled moment because it it made me more confused. If it, if she had just taken off a mask and they had just done this whole thing, that would have made sense. But it was like a big moment to reveal her, and I had no idea who she was. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The way that that was shot, and it's even more accentuated on second viewing to me. I mean, they do the hero shot straight in, and it's really elongated. And in my mind, I thought, is this just because we're supposed to be surprised that it's just a girl? Yeah, that was weird. And maybe it is. Or, I mean, if people are Star Wars nerds out there, and I say that with love because I am also a nerd, uh, if you can let us know if that's something that we're missing in the lore, then, then please do. But... But yeah, I did. I didn't know. I didn't. No, know. this is this is a character who was written just for this film. Uh, hmm. It's a character created for the 2018 Star Wars anthology film Solo. Gotcha. Uh, now yep. I, that said, I liked the character. I liked Same. the pirate. I liked her look. Yeah. I liked the voice. I thought the fighting that she did on the train was great. I really liked her. So I thought that I thought that, I thought the character was really very good. So that leads then to the double cross. We have the fight between Voss and Kira. Which those little the little two handed blades with sort of the lightsaber technology was were pretty cool. The fight ends. Then we get the the big cameo of Darth Maul. So did any of you guys expect that or see that coming? Had you read that or seen that prior no. to going into the movie? No, no. no but I I started to suspect it towards the end just because I've heard I I've never watched the Clone Wars or Rebels, but I've heard that Darth Maul comes back and he's kind of a big character in one or both of those. I'm not sure. And so I kind of started suspecting that he was going to come back towards the end of it. I did not expect that. And when, when that reveal happened the first time that I saw it in Florida, my theater lost its mind screaming (laughs) and cheering. (laughs) Lost its mind. Yeah. Because it's the cheapest. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning. It's the cheapest thing you could possibly do. It just is cheap. How is it cheap? Because it it, is not. It's not built up at all. There's. It it earned nothing. Mm. Um, It's it's kind of confusing too because uh, for those of us who have only watched the movies, not not watched the TV shows, or Darth Maul is dead. He's dead. Darth Maul is dead. And so it just makes me more confused. And there is not going to be a sequel to Solo. I don't believe. And so now it's just. We just have this question. How? How? Why? Uh, so, what? I don't understand. Uh, so first of all, I hate to continue to be the defender of this movie because this movie doesn't need defending. You guys are just wrong. Melody, what did you uh, think? What did you is, think of Darth hold Maul? Hold on. There's a complete history of Star Wars characters dying and then not dying. So what in the heck are you guys talking about? That's as consistent as any character no, no, that no, we've no, ever no. had Hang in on. this universe. Well, what I'm saying is, is that as far as most people are concerned, they they would be very confused by this and not even I don't know. care about most people. I only care about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Melody, what do right. you think about Darth Maul? <laughs> okay, I did I did mention when we left like that this was the one moment where I was like, why? I, no, it's not that I care if he's supposed to be dead or not. Like, I don't because I don't really know and I don't really care. But it did feel just kind of thrown in there and not necessary. I mean, I I liked the plot point that she went back to the 
crimson hand or crimson people, whoever they are, th- that particular exchange and for it to be Darth Maul, I didn't, I just didn't under, I felt like I was either missing something or that mm-hmm. it was just unnecessary. But and, if this had, if that had been a reveal, like maybe midway through the movie and then Darth right. Maul becomes like the villain of this movie and we get a little bit more information, I think that would have been actually great because first of all, that would have been far more interesting than that crappy fight that they had with Dryden Voss at the end. Yeah, but there's um, nobody to fight Darth Maul in this sure, movie. Sure, and I, I get that. I really get that. But it, it just would have been, it would have been more meaningful. Now it was, it's almost like an Easter egg when it's a really big freaking Easter egg that just remains unexplained. Um, so I, I, it was just a, just like when we zoomed in on that character that we don't know. This is just it's more confusing than anything else. That that's fair, and that th- that goes back to the point that I made earlier, where I said that I feel like the one thing that I would like to have had more of in relation to Han's character development is. I don't think that he is the jaded scoundrel at the end of this movie that we that we meet in mm. A New Hope. I feel like the sequel to this movie where Kira has gone back to Darth Maul, that movie ends with probably Kira's death and, you know, her betrayal to leave him, you know, there on the beach at the end. And that movie wraps up where Han Solo then has become who we who we who we see later. Although that movie, like you said, Daniel, will probably never exist. So I do think I, I personally enjoyed it because in, for my money, Darth Maul is as good a villain as we've ever had in the sure. in this universe, and so I'm oh, excited to get more of that. What? Yeah, man, he's got the best, maybe the best lightsaber duel of all time Agreed. in Episode One. Come on, not, duel not of the disagreeing with you phenomenal. on that. I'm not just, but he was the most he was most underutilized. Just like in this movie, he was done a disservice. He's underutilized. He's not that interesting. And the only thing that is interesting about him is his looks and his, you know, that that one lightsaber duel. I don't disagree with you that that is the best lightsaber duel of all time. That is absolutely accurate. But what I will say is that Maul as a character is not all that interesting if you've only seen the mainline star wars movies well if they were hoping to do a sequel then maybe they exactly. were saying like hey we're this underutilized okay, then, character let's okay. put him in there well, okay but here's my question too and, and and this is true like even when i was watching that moment i thought to myself is that mall i'm not exactly i it has yes, to be it, it has to be i'm not exactly sure it, no i know what it is now i looked and made sure ray park is you know is, is, is credited as being mall in this movie but <clears throat> i just it was just confusing, even to me as a nerd, even knowing these things. Walking Whoa, out, Melody was like, "So angry." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Fine. I think whatever. Chris and I have proved our point. Well, you have. You have proved the point that 90 percent of what you said is positive. Exactly. So I don't understand. I'm, I don't understand I'm comfortable hatred. with that. I am comfortable with that. All right, so that brings us to the very last scene, which I thought was charming. We, we saw earlier, and again, it's Star Wars lore, how Lando has bad feelings toward Han because he won the Falcon from him. And we get the, the details of that in a game of Sabacc, and obviously Lando cheated the first time. Han... Uh, tries or Han takes away his mechanism to cheat in the end and he wins the Falcon and the Falcon blasts off into space and we get Chewie and Han in the seat at the very end blasting off together into the future and all hearts were happy and everybody cheered and clapped exactly as I thought it would before I even sat down so what you're saying what is, is wrong if you, with that? so exactly oh. take your butt and go home <laughs> be happy allow yourself to be happy daniel open your heart and say hey you know what they this wants to make me happy i will allow it it gave me nothing i needed to know there was nothing 
added to Star Wars because of this movie. So it's Daniel, just you're part of the problem. Oh you're part of the gosh. problem. See, you're it didn't give problem. it didn't give me what I wanted. It no. didn't give me new information. It didn't give just me enjoy anything. it for what it is. Oh, oh my gosh. Sad. It didn't give you anything. It didn't give you a happy movie to watch and enjoy with characters that you love. It's, it's not enough give you anymore, that. Melody. You see these I know. jaded fans. <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh everything. everything that's wrong with the world. Oh they are. They are. <laughs> Let's move on. This is ridiculous, <laughs> oh, you guys. All right. You guys, This is everybody listen to this. That We have been we have been slandered uh, in this. <laughs> you and I'm just going to gonna say that you're... <laughs> This this mode of thinking will come back to bite you. And your next review of a movie you did not like and I did, I'm going to do this exact train of thought for you. And we'll see Chris, how that Chris, here's feels. the thing. If I if I say I don't like a movie and then 90% of what I say is positive, then I deserve I it. Didn't say I, I didn't did like not say I, 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 I said well, I like this movie. What are you talking about? I did not about? say I didn't like this movie. You heard them, people. You, you heard them. guys. Ugh. I said this movie was fine. I didn't say there was anything yeah. bad about this Same. movie. That was my freaking Enough. review. Enough. You guys hated it. We all heard it. <laughs> all right, boycott. Chris, boycott Lucasfilm. Boycott. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. My name's Cable. I'm here for the kid. What? The kid? Move or die. Kids give us a chance to be better than we used to be. He needs you. You're a lot smarter than I look. All right, after cleaning up at the box office and giving us the first R-rated superhero movie in years, Deadpool is back in Deadpool 2. The IMDb description reads... Foul-mouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy of supernatural abilities from the brutal, time-traveling mutant Cable. That is a very tame and boring description for Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't exactly line up with the movie, which is far more foul and hilarious than that uh, description would let on. This is cleaning up at the box office. It dethroned Avengers Infinity War a- a- after it was at the top of the box office for many weekends. Yep. But I want to know what you all think of Deadpool 2. So let's dive right in. We'll start with Chad. Chad, what did you think of the movie? Well, I don't. I think it's hard to talk about this one without maybe mentioning the first one as well. I loved the first one primarily because it was so unexpected. Uh, it was such a different tone. It was irreverent. It was raunchy. It was funny. And I really, really, really loved it. So I went into this one just like I do a lot of other sequels, just hoping to at least not hate it. And for the most part, I'm going to say that I really liked this one. I don't think it's as good as the first one. I've seen a lot of articles and people on, on Twitter and the socials saying, oh, it's better. And I, for me, I just couldn't quite get there. I thought it was better in some ways and worse in others. So, for example, I think the action in this movie uh, is a lot better than it was in the first one. It's directed by David Leach, who's been involved with uh, Atomic Blonde and John Wick. And I really think you can tell a difference just from a construction of the action sequences and, and a lot of the battles and the things that happen are really constructed in a way that was fun and, and, and exciting to watch. 
Where I think this movie falls a little short of the first one, however, though, is in the humor. I do think this movie has moments of absolute hilarity. I laughed out loud maybe, you know, six, seven times. There are some specific sequences when we get into spoilers that I'll, that I'll give a shout out to that I thought were really, really just great. But overall, I think the ratio of hits to misses on this one isn't as high as the first one. Now, part of that you can chalk up to it not being as revelatory because we've already we already have one to go by. But I just think there are more there are more moments where the comedy in this one feels a little forced, whereas in the first one I thought most of it really landed very well. But overall, I really still liked it very very much. So I don't want to come across sounding too negative, but I liked it. I didn't love it, and it's just a little bit worse than the first one for me. So that's where I landed. All right. Not quite as good as the first one. Let's go to Josh. What did you think of the first film and uh, how does the second one stack up? The main thing I remember about the first one is being very late to the party. Like it was one of the those movies that everyone had been raving about for, you know, they raved about it for a couple months and I was just like, yeah, whatever. It's another, another Marvel movie and I know it's different, but I don't really care. And then I, I don't know it had been maybe six months or a year since it had been out. I, I finally was like, okay, I'll just, I'll go ahead and watch it. And of course it was great. The thing is, I don't really remember it that well anymore. I remember mm. it being funny, but I don't really remember specifics. So when I went into the theater for the second one, I was, I was ready for it almost as not entirely a blank slate because I knew the deal going in it was still the second one was still refreshing for me like the first one wasn't wasn't fresh in my mind at all my relationship with the first one was good but not memorable the second one i just i really enjoyed i really think the marvel universe needs deadpool around needs someone breaking this fourth wall and there's the marvel machine is just so massive at this point they need someone poking fun at it from the inside and I feel like all the things that get under my skin about the rest of the Marvel movies, the fact that every character seems to be a smart aleck now, and most of them, it doesn't fit with their character, and all the jokes feel the same. I feel like Deadpool gets to have a little more fun. The jokes fit more. I, I agree with Chad that there were misses in this movie, but I think, I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies... Avengers included and especially any ensemble scene it feels like they're all they're all trying to do this and I feel like Deadpool gets it right a lot more often than the rest of the movies do because it it fits with the movie's ethos and so I I just I really enjoyed it I loved the opening title sequence uh, <laughs> just title like the sequ- first one just like the first one it was so good yep oh yeah see that's the thing that's I, it's Just probably like repetitive one. <laughs> for someone who remembers the one from the first one. Yeah, no, it was it was it was just as just as fresh and as wonderful as the first one. I, I I loved it. I should probably just cede the floor to you at this point before we get into spoilers. But overall, I enjoyed it. I feel like I used to just really hate Ryan Reynolds, but I don't now, and I don't I don't <laughs> if I if I ever didn't like him, I don't know why anymore. So it sounds like I'm on that train. How can you hate Ryan Reynolds? Come on, Josh. (laughs) He's a beautiful man. It's true. So it seems like Josh is even more positive than Chad, uh, which is a a rare sight to see, but that's awesome. And so we'll go to Chris. Uh, What did you think of the first film and and now Deadpool 2? 
Deadpool is irreverent. I mean, if you know, obviously, if you've seen Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, Deadpool 2 is just going to be more of the same, but I think it's po- better polished this time around. Deadpool 1, like everybody said already, it was just so, it's such a breath of fresh air. It was so different. I think that made led the way for Logan to happen last year. Uh, you know, you said it's been a while since we've had an R-rated film, but it was only last year that we had Logan. And I feel like this is a, a whole new layer of just irreverence and a level that you can go to that PG-13 just not going to allow you. And so if you're an adult and you enjoy Deadpool 1, this one is going to be just it's going to you're you're going to love it. it. It's it is really very very good. It's it is difficult, Chad, just like you were saying. It's difficult for me to rate these two. I do feel like they're both they both hit peaks and lows on their own levels and I feel like they're just they're very not not totally different, but I feel like there's some things that don't work in Deadpool one that work really well here in Deadpool two. Um, so I put them kind of on the same level. I think it's just it's a successful sequel is is what I would say. If you enjoyed the first one, this next one is going to be fantastic. And the 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 real winner for me in this movie is the supporting cast. Cable is fantastic. Uh, I really love Domino. The X Force team that comes together is just a wonderful gag uh, throughout the entire film. It's just a really irreverent, willing to do anything with IPs that you thought Marvel would hold as you know being almost sacred. Deadpool just says, no, forget that. We are going to be completely and totally throwing that out. You know, baby with the bathwater, all of it is just on the table. And you just, some of it is like, I can't believe they they allowed this to happen on screen, right? I cannot believe I'm watching this moment. There's a moment that that kind of mirrors basic instinct in this movie with the exact same musical cues and everything. And I was just laughing my head off. I was like, I can't believe this is in a comic book movie right now that I'm watching this on the screen. I just, I honestly had so much fun in Deadpool 2. I want to see it again uh, with a group of friends. I, I saw this one alone by myself and I was like, oh man, I, I want to laugh with a group of people and you know, all that stuff. It is, it's wonderful. If you if you enjoyed the first one, if you're up for that kind of humor, the second one's not going to be any different. It is not. It is the exact same level. It is mind in the gutter, very irreverent, very you know profanity laced and laden. It is just it's it is all of that, but it is it is wonderful uh, if if you enjoy that kind of stuff. So for me, Deadpool two is it knocked it out of the park. It's a successful sequel. Uh, it's not in any way worse. Some may, maybe argued it's better. I would say it's on the exact same level as the first one, and you should definitely go see it if, if you enjoyed that first one. Yeah, so uh, for me, I liked the first film pretty well when I saw it, uh, and then and I had only seen it the one time, and I watched it again last week, and I liked it even more. I'm not sure that I love Deadpool, I, the first one. I think I really, really like it a lot, um, but it, it was it's pretty light for me. Um, and for Deadpool 2... I am exactly on the same page as Chris. This feels exactly the same as the first film. It, it, I don't think it's any better or any worse. It's uh, that's kind of rare in sequels. It's kind of it feels weird yeah. to describe it that way because it feel my opinion is exactly the same for both movies. It's in slightly different ways. Um, there are things that I liked about one better than the other, uh, but they feel really on the same page. Deadpool 2 is just as hilarious and meta and inappropriate as you would expect it would be. And 
just like the first one, the jokes can get a little exhausting, uh, and the shtick here isn't as fresh as it was in the first one, but it's balanced out really well with some surprising emotion and great action. Um, just like Chad said, the action here is really polished and very good. And there's also some great twists in here that, that we're going to talk about in spoilers that are that are really I didn't see coming, and I, and I really liked it. And I liked the way it was handled and liked the way it was written specifically. And so yes. those kept me engaged and, and really into it. The greatest and, post-credit sequence of <laughs> all time. Of all time. Could be. Could be. I, I'm not going to fight you too hard on that one. What I loved about uh, about the first one and, and Deadpool 2 is that both these movies are, are really refreshingly small scale. This is not a superhero against uh, some guy trying to end the world. You know, it's it's really a lot smaller. It, this is literally about one man wanting to kill one other person, and that's that's it. And so yeah. I love how small it is. It's really that's so refreshing because I can't remember the last superhero movie like that. Um, and so the characters are great, just like you guys said. Uh, the supporting cast is fantastic. Domino is awesome um she needs her, her own movie yeah, she her needs her own movie so cool and and she's yeah. integrated into the action in really really cool ways and and i don't read comic books so i didn't i didn't know this character or any of the others for that matter uh but just her her abilities are just so cool so yeah. uh yeah i really overall i really like this a lot i like i said i do feel just like with the first one that these movies are pretty light um i don't i don't find myself really thinking about these movies after they're done but still i don't, I don't want it to sound negative these movies are really enjoyable and hilarious and very well worth your time especially if you like the first one I want to move into spoilers so bad and talk about this movie. I feel like you can't even look at the, I was just looking at the IMDB page on this. Don't, don't go there and don't read who's in this movie because there's some, so many wonderful surprises that show up uh, that you just, you just want to go in this movie fresh and not really know too much about it. If you're a fan, it's just, just save that, save yourself for that. It is, it's, it's, it's glorious. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, one day, all you guys are going to come around to my side of life and you're going to stop <laughs> watching all these trailers. Mr. Trailer Cutter over here. Well, I, that's true. It's true. I do watch the, I do watch the teasers though. I do watch, or at least the first trailer, but uh, this one, I, I think when we get into spoilers, we can talk about the way that this trailer was cut because it does some things that are deceptive. Yeah, it's kind of this new thing that's yep. happening because yep. it also happened with Avengers: Infinity War, and so I think that's that's an interesting thing to talk about too. But just real quick before we do jump into spoilers, Chris mentioned it a little bit, but I do want to shout out for sure the the character arc of Cable, yes. uh, I think is really great in this movie. It's a more serious take, quote unquote, on what he's going through, which leads to some really great riffs uh, and opportunities for humor. But the way that he is rendered physically is also really cool in this movie. So I think I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. You guys are really high on this. I don't want to fight you too hard because I really did like it. But I think for me, the stuff that stands out more so than anything else was just how much better this is from just a a, just a, a comic book moviness from the action, from the from the villains and all that stuff. Whereas I think the humor is somewhat of a step down. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the deal for me is that it fully embraces it, its comic bookness. I mean, it, it admits what it is, and that's why it's so wonderful. Is because it's refreshing, and most of these other Marvel properties are trying to, and they're just coming around to it. Honestly, like Infinity War. I think we even talked about this in our review is that it's, it is definitely embracing the fact that it is 
silly and crazy and you know there's a moment in infinity war when tony stark talks about yeah there's aliens invading us and we've got to save the you know the 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 magic uh whatever uh whatever he called him the 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 magic doer or whatever and you just go along with it it's the silliest thing you've ever heard but you just go along with it because it's a comic book movie but deadpool literally plays into that especially when the x-force is introduced and you hear all these crazy comic book superheroes that have been around for years especially in the 90s these silly silly characters and they they're fully embraced fully idealized and then it's just it's insane it's insane to see them on the screen and and how ridiculous that can be i i I love that and peter don't forget about peter yeah no there's no doubt peter peter stole that show he's he's wonderful i think there's just sort of a law of diminishing returns that happens here with me a little bit in this one because the 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 comic bits are so non-stop that at some point you, you get a little numb to it and I don't think the first one did that quite as much. But in either case, mm. I, I definitely and I and I own the first one. I've seen it many times. It's definitely in there, but this movie never slows down. I mean, it is go 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 go. So sure. the the ones sure. that land land pretty well. But overall, I, I am very positive. All right. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and give our opinions on whether or not you should see this movie in the theater. Whether you should pay money to rent it whether you should stream it or whether you should just go ahead and skip it altogether. I think we know where most of us are going to land, but let's start with Chad. What do you think? Yeah, this is definitely theater worthy for sure. Now, disclaimer goes, if you don't love super raunchy stuff, then you probably haven't seen the first one. This is not your normal Marvel film, but it's great. It's really funny. And for what it's trying to do, uh, it's definitely theater worthy. So see it on the big screen. Josh? You know my typical answer to these these questions. For once, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I saw this, I actually just saw it earlier today, and so it's still opening weekend, but I saw it in the middle of the afternoon. Theater was still packed, and for once, I wasn't annoyed to be in a packed theater. It was yeah. really fun to see this movie with a lot mm-hmm. of people. Yep. Because every time the jokes landed, they landed with a packed room of people, and so it was fun. So sure, go see it in the theater, and support this movie over the other comic book movie style (laughs) yeah comedies and horror movies are the best movies to see in a packed house no doubt no doubt especially fans like comic book fans and humor it is because there there's so many folks who get the inside jokes and all that stuff so yeah see this movie in the theater Uh, it, it is it's wonderful it's a social experience you should definitely do it no doubt see it in the theater yeah, I fully agree. See it in the theater. I saw it Friday at like a six o'clock showing, and surprisingly, I only had like twenty other people in the theater in a in a really big theater, hmm. uh, and so I, I kind of missed that uh, big crowd experience that I was actually looking forward to. But yes, like you, like they said, comedies are great with a packed house, so try to see it with one because it will really help the experience. All right, uh, without further ado, let's dive right into spoilers. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. So what did you all think of the kind of spin that they put on Cable, where he uh, he wasn't exactly, he wasn't the main villain of this movie? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it hit me, um, I don't know when it was, about, about the, when they were about to see Juggernaut, um, that how, how similar this is, is to like Terminator. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That exact moment 
Ryan Reynolds out of his mouth, he says, this is like Terminator or whatever it is. Like it was, it was like an immediate, like, oh my gosh, this movie is saying exactly what I'm thinking. This is insane. But I enjoyed it. That, that turn when he sees the baby legs coming out of uh, Deadpool and, and he's like, I need you guys' help. That scene is both hilarious and also really well done. Like yeah. it's insane that it's so absurd but somehow it works. It it just worked. It was insane. Because I, I, I was watching as I was watching, I was like, "This is stupid." But I am I'm loving this and I'm buying into it 100. percent It's crazy. Yeah, I was really surprised with how how well they did the what the two serious turns in this movie. Yeah, or maybe three. I was like the whole rest of the movie is it's it's a complete joke. But yeah, they actually did some some writing there. You're bit. right. And in character development, unlike Infinity War, that didn't have much of that at all, this actually it was absurd and on, on 11 the entire time. But at the same time, there was some legitimate, you know, character development in this film. It was it was it was amazing. It was amazing. It really was well done. Yeah, Josh Brolin's two for two on well-written yeah. villains. Well, even though he's not fully the villain here, he's definitely oh, he, Thanos. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was a great. In other, in other words, yeah, that that was great. Yeah. What did you think of the the twist with the X Force, who was only in the movie for <laughs> what five minutes? That was so good. Yeah, that I think that's fantastic. the best part of best part of the movie for me is that sequence where you meet everybody and and all the way down to the lineup where <laughs> you know there's the Bedlam and Shatterstar and the Vanisher <laughs> with his freaking backpack just sitting there. <laughs> You know, and then they jump jump out of the plane, and then they're all very quickly dispatched. The wood chipper thing—I mean, my entire audience was dying, especially when he pulled in the other character. It was the greatest, just the greatest. So that is that was my probably not probably that was my favorite scene of the of the entire movie. That, that, that just firing on all cylinders. That wood chipper wood chipper scene. The there was a lady two rows in front of me who desperately wanted to get out of the theater at that sequence she was genuinely disgusted but the date she was with was like no 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 stay stay it's gonna be funny and she eventually settled back down but she was not having any of that it was so funny i was laughing just as hard at that as i was at what was going on in the screen it was it was glorious it was and brad pitt was in that whole sequence too yeah that's what i was gonna say imdb gives that away if you go to imdb it says brad pitt as vanisher don't do don't look at the imdb page there's no way he actually was in this movie that that no he did totally fake no he did he what? he came in yes he came he in shot and it did on that. green screen yes. Yeah. really yes it didn't look very good at all i thought it was like a photo that they had like edited no 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 it was legitimately wow. him i guess uh there's a connection between him and the director or the or i can't remember what it was it was somebody who was like brad pitt literally said hey if there's anything you want me to do you know something silly or whatever for deadpool 2 he's like yeah as a matter of fact we got this character vanisher and uh we're gonna show his face maybe you could do it and then he came in and did it yeah that was legit totally legit yeah as long as we're giving shout outs to some of the things that we thought were funny i do have to it warmed my heart so much when they had the joke about 
is your mother also named Martha? That was so stupid. That <laughs> was the yes. greatest. That was so it was dumb. The greatest. But it, it was, was funny. the greatest. And no, no. then also No, he you know, walked in and he 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 said he said I, I was fighting these but then I realized that their names were their, their mother's names was Martha as well. And it yeah. was you're yeah, both yeah. butchering it. It was funny because it yeah. was like his second or third excuse for why yes. he was late. Yeah, he was right. going no. through a list of made up that's, excuses. That's right. That's right. And I also loved the the dig at DC, the you're so dark you DC movie, you know, those there's just mm-hmm. lots of lots of good things here. Although he does not spare Marvel either. No. He goes after a lot of the Marvel stuff which is really it's it's really very well done no, my, just my f- the very opening scene <laughs> yeah it's fantastic the logan music box that was great oh yes oh my my audience busted out loud. they're like <laughs> yes we are in good hands no my favorite thing my entire my favorite moment in this was the fact that they were talking about how oh couldn't the studio at least give us you know the the top tier x-men mm-hmm. and then yeah th- just behind them are all of the x-men and they cl- slowly close the door that was that was a wonderful moment because obviously they're shooting the next one right now but that was great it was amazing because it was also a payoff to they made the same joke in the first movie yes yes and yes it was a great payoff yeah, exactly. Well, because it's you know part two. I guess now they've got a little bit more money, but, right. but yeah. yeah, it was great. And my favorite joke from part one was when he when he said it. He was talking to the lady. Oh well, goodness, what's her name? The blind lady. Althea. Yeah. Blind Al. Yep, Blind Al. Yeah, Blind Al. And and he said it's uh it's it's over there in the box of the, with the cure for blindness. <laughs> yes. And then they pay it yes. off of this movie, and there's a literal box <laughs> yes. of cure for blindness. Yes. It was You're so right. good. It was that, so good. That was really wonderful. Yeah, with a bunch of like, like what was that? Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just labeled great. Wade cocaine. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, really the best way to talk about this movie in spoilers is just to mention all your favorite yeah. you know, kinds of scenes. Well, I, I mean, well, obviously the end sequence was great. And you know the end sequence is canon? Did you hear this? Because what they did in um, X-Men Days of Future Past, and then you saw them like jump forward or whatever, and you're like, wait a minute, doesn't that mean that they erased the you know X-Men uh, 3 and then uh, also um, X-Men Origins Wolverine and all that? And Yes, they have. And, and Wade went back and did it well. So that's actually canon. Like, he actually went back and shot that Deadpool and from X-Men Wolverine Origins. And he actually... That's actual canon now in these in these films. It's not like a joke. He actually went... He actually did this, used Cable's device and went back and, and reset the timeline properly. So I thought that was hilarious. I didn't realize that, but it's it's legit. I actually did understand that sequence because I never saw Origins. I was like, "What? Why doesn't he have a mouth? And what's happening in this?" Yeah, they did a horrible. That was Deadpool. That was Deadpool. Oh yeah, I I I got that, but I I didn't know the connection. He actually and actually on the train, there's a sequence when uh, in Deadpool two, he's got his sword and he like slices through a bullet coming at him from of you know Cable's bullet that he's shooting at him, and then Mm -hmm. Cable keeps shooting him. Well, in the X-Men Origins Wolverine, he does that exact same thing, but he's much more, you know, it's much more cool. He's able to actually, you know, slice through all the bullets. So this is a call back to that, to that moment. He does a bunch of those in this film, but I love that he just walks up to him and shoots him in the head at the end of this film. It was glorious. Absolutely glorious. Yeah. And then shoots his body like five more times. Five more yes. times. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it keeps going. It keeps going. I mean, that's what this movie is. It's over the top. It's not just one bullet to the head. It's, you know, Keeps going. It and keeps then going. shoots yeah. himself and says, "You're welcome, Canada." 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, if we're going to talk about end credits, though, we do need to. I read an article today that talked about an end credit that did not make it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw got that. Cut. You I guys, yeah, I so for those of you that haven't that haven't heard about that, our listeners, there, they they actually wrote and shot an, an end credit scene because there's a joke in this movie where they say, well, if you've got a time machine, why don't you go back and kill baby Hitler? And so they actually oh, no. shot him going back Dang. and holding a baby. No. <laughs> and then he shoots the baby. No. <laughs> and they actually, they actually tested that in one of the early screenings and the audience was horrified. And so <laughs> that was the one joke that was a, one step too far for Deadpool 2. Oh wow! Really? I'm shocked they didn't keep it. I, honestly, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, we see a you know baby's junk in this movie, right. effectively. The article mentioned that it's like we can see Deadpool with a baby penis, just not strangling <laughs> a baby. <laughs> that was and the the funniest thing about that though was the musical cue because it was the basic instinct, you know, that 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 string, uh, whatever you call that sting from Basic Instinct. It was. I, it blew my mind. I was like, I cannot believe this is in a comic book movie right now. I'm watching a baby penis right now <laughs> with, with Ryan Reynolds crossing his legs. And then he stands up. That 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 moment is so absurd. But it worked on it was just it was it was so good, but it was ridiculous. This oh. the movie's whole soundtrack, speaking of musical cues. Yes. Just all the death and destruction to Peter Gabriel and Enya, just just wonderful. Did you hear that the score is actually the first musical sc- score of a film that is uh, explicit lyrics? Because it's got that holy s balls, holy s balls, <laughs> like it's the orchestral stuff actually cursing in on the orchestra score. It is unbelievable, fantastic. Anything else you guys want to talk about in spoilers? I mean, just the running Black Tom joke that Cable. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was easily the best part. Did, did you guys know when when who the uh, the big who well we ended yes. up being Juggernaut? Did you know who that was? Immediately, immediately as soon as well, I didn't know who it was, but I immediately knew when I heard like the big like pounding and he's he's the big guy and they kept. I was like, well, I didn't know for sure, but I was like, oh man, let that be Juggernaut. I was hoping it would be, and it was, and I was so surprised. I was like, yes. We're getting mainline talk- X-Men. Are you talking about the voice? No, you know when he, they first go into whatever it's called, the icebox? Yeah, and we yeah, hear. Yeah. No, we I was hear, just wondering if Daniel's question was about ah. we know who voiced him. Oh, no, I don't know that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who voiced him. Ryan Reynolds. Was it really? really? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's credited. <laughs> he's credited in the movie as Juggernaut, like, as himself. It's Ryan Reynolds. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that is. what I read. Wow. I yeah, would not Reynolds have has that. got a great throwaway line too when he, he gets to him and he says something like the sun's going down or whatever it's oh like my gosh. The Hulk. Say, <laughs> the Hulk. The Hulk. <laughs> Black Widow which by the way calls Domino Black Black, Black, Black Widow, Widow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and calls uh, Depender Brown Panther it's just so Both good just those little throwaway with, lines are so great my, my powers are just cancer just give me a bow and arrow and I'm basically <laughs> yeah. that was so good yeah, this movie good. is so it's self-aware really yeah because yeah. And, it, and if you're a comic book fan, you enjoy all that stuff. I can see somebody walking into this movie and not really being totally like close to those properties and not enjoying that at all. But if you are familiar with that stuff, it is such wonderful payoff because it's so irreverent. Uh, and it's amazing that they can get away with actually – because this isn't Marvel Studios. 
they don't actually own the rights to these characters, which is insane that they're even able to reference them. So it's it's crazy. That's great. Surely they have some tie, right? I mean, it's not Marvel no. Studios, but like it's a Marvel character, is it not? Well, they own the yeah. rights to certain uh, the X Men characters, of which Deadpool is included. Correct. Yeah, the X Men universe they own, and but they don't own the Avengers. So that's why there's no crossover there. They're not like you will never see the X Men and Avengers together because they're not owned by the same studio. Which, Which is may be changing, but that's another topic for another time. Yeah, true. True, true. All right. Well, we can go ahead and rehash every single joke in this film. We've done. <laughs> we've we've gotten pretty close already. But I was gonna say I think we recited everything but RoboCop. Yep. Well, there you oh, go. Man. So good. So yeah. good. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, e- even Chad, who's the most negative, us, negative of us tonight, uh, we all think you should go see this movie because uh, we think it is pretty great. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for our reviews of both Solo and Deadpool 2. Hey, listen, just as a reminder, we'd love to hear from you on our Facebook page. You really do make the discussion better, so please join us there. Let us know what you thought of these films. We're going to be reviewing Ocean's 8 and Hereditary. See you guys next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.